Welcome to SR24, covering the news from October 10th to November 7th. Um, we're already in November. Life is moving very quickly. Hopefully everyone will survive past 2020. Things are always interesting this year. Uh, welcome to Surveillance Report. This is where we cover our weekly-ish security and privacy news. And this is SR24. So welcome aboard. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our Patreon community, which we are we recently hit 80 and now we're back to 78. So let's let's keep moving those numbers up. Um, we want to get as many patrons as possible to support our work, and I want to definitely thank all of our current patrons for helping support us up until this point. So yeah, tag along. There's a lot of cool benefits, and there's lots of cool things there waiting for you. There's a new theme now, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Just tag along. So as always, we have our categories. Today, we are going to start with companies, just like every week, and Google gets to kick things off. So Google has released their own VPN, right? Of course. I mean, you remember Facebook? Facebook released Onavo back back then, and now Google has their own thing. This is exclusive to Google One subscribers, and it's part of the two terabyte plan, and everything's packaged together. Yeah, you know, considering the thing with VPNs is you're pretty much transferring trust from your ISP to a company, I don't know if you're gonna wanna be using Google as a VPN company. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure if Google's any more trustworthy than your ISP. So I guess think about that if you decide to go with this. I'd probably recommend some free VPNs before recommending the Google One VPN. Like Proton VPN and Winscribe's free plan are probably a little bit more trustworthy than this. Zoom is back on the news as well. So um, they've been on the news a lot ever since lockdown happened and they've been very much uh, under the microscope for security concerns. And one of the things that they never actually implemented was end-to-end -end encryption on video calls, which they claimed to, to do in their marketing, which is why it was such a big deal. It was never implemented. Um, they did promise to introduce that and it is finally here. So yeah, this will be a slow phase in supposedly where users must first use the official client and it's limited to I think 200 participants for both paid and free accounts. So they're not paywalling that, which is really nice. Um, overall, good. Um, it's about time. <laughs> so uh, hopefully other people will catch up to them. It's nice to see someone introduce end-to-end -end encryption for video calls. So good job, Zoom. Uh, better late than never. The next story, I want you to go in with an open mind because uh, Edge, come on, Edge is kind of the meme browser or previously known as Internet Explorer. I just wanna clear the record, New Edge isn't that bad. If you've ever used New Edge, it's based on Chromium. It's kind of like Brave in a way, but without the crypto crap. It's even got like the tracking blocking built in and it's got some privacy tools built in. It's it's not bad, right? Um, I'm not saying it's the browser I recommend you use, but it's not bad if you've actually used the New Edge. It's actually a decent browser. It's recently passed up Firefox as the second most popular browser people are using, so. Yeah, um, and Microsoft has now released their Chromium-based Edge for Linux. This supports Ubuntu, Debian, Fedora, and OpenSUSE officially, and I'm sure you can probably find other ways to install it on other versions. Um, this is part of the dev version, so this is not an official release yet, but it likely will be very soon. Um, regardless of whether or not you like Microsoft or Edge, it's nice to see software development occurring on Linux, and I hope other companies follow this path. I think a big limitation on the adoption of Linux and other open source software is the lack of compatibility with software that people use on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, yeah, it's nice if someone could use an iPad, an iPhone, and use Linux on their desktop and all their bookmarks sync using Edge, if that's 
the preferred browser they use for some reason. I'm not saying it's a realistic scenario, I'm just saying there's someone on this planet who probably is very happy about this. WhatsApp has announced um, that you can remove messages after seven days automatically, so disappearing messages. Uh, so this allows you to theoretically have your messages deleted each week. That was very redundant. I don't know why that was put twice in the script, but it was, so you definitely retained it. Uh, things are end-to-end -end encrypted in WhatsApp, so in theory, only the two people involved can view the message, and now even that, uh, should just go away after seven days. Uh, Signal and pretty much every other privacy and security messenger has had this for years. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna praise this too much. I'm, it's definitely nice to see. I think we should always praise things like this, but um, yeah, there've been other people who've done it and they've implemented it better. And yeah, so try out Signal. Get away from WhatsApp if you can. Oh, gamers. <laughs> um, gamers like to stir up a lot of stuff and it actually affected the privacy community for once. Um, so Sony rolled out V8 of PS4 software, which now allows for voice chats and parties to be recorded by other players, sparking some concerns from players about privacy. They are calling this Garbage, which is the most gamer way of describing something like this I can possibly imagine. On the bright side, they did introduce 2FA, so it's not all bad, but yeah, kind of, the, the, the gamers aren't a fan of this, so. That was the end of companies, and now it's time to go into the research side of the weekly news. Our first article talks about seven mobile browsers that are vulnerable to address bar spoofing attacks. So an address bar spoofing attack is when a web browser allows a malicious website to modify its URL and show a fake one to help a phishing attack and trick someone into thinking they're on a legitimate website. This impacted Safari, Opera, Bolt, <laughs> UC Browser, Yandex, and a couple other browsers you probably don't care about. Out of all these, Safari and Opera are probably the ones you might actually use. As you could expect, this all came down to messing around with JavaScript. Uh, if security is your utmost priority and the site is usable without JavaScript, I recommend you opt not to use it. Definitely, it's hard to, it's hard to have JavaScript off for your entire browser because a lot of sites are actually genuinely reliant on it. But uh, if there is a site that you find untrustworthy, it's not a bad move to disable JavaScript. Some browsers actually make that easy. Uh, I know Brave inside the shield, you can click the Brave shield and you can click, you know, turn off uh, JavaScript for that one website. So it's pretty good stuff. Our second and uh, last research article is a study that was done to track the number of Americans still using their ex's passwords. Oh, we are all, we've all done this, true story. This, the reason to get into a relationship as a privacy advocate is to get free Netflix without having to supply personal information. In, in, input any subscription service for Netflix, Spotify, Disney Plus, it doesn't matter. That's what relationships are for if you're into privacy. Um, so most passwords shared were for video streaming, followed by mobile devices. So like the, the password that you use to get into your phone. A whopping half of Americans in a relationship share a social media password and 38% share personal email. Okay, I, I cannot imagine like actually sharing my personal email account with anybody else. Um, the most shocking was a quarter of respondents confessed to still tracking their ex's real-time location, and 30% confessed to secretly logging into an ex's social media account at least once. 
Um, so yeah, if you go through a breakup and you shared your accounts, which I don't recommend doing, but if you did do it, at the very least, change your passwords after the fact because who knows what they're gonna post and then you're gonna be held responsible for it. And then, I don't know, what are the consequences gonna be for that? Um, there are a lot more stats that we can't cover on this video. So I just recommend checking out the source because it's a pretty fun little article. I believe it was done by ExpressVPN. They just did this for fun for some reason. So check it out. Politics, oh man, the world is, woo. World is feisty right now at the elections here in the United States. But before we get into that, we're actually not gonna get into that, but before we get kind of into it, um, let's talk about this. So members of the Five Eyes, the Intelligence Sharing Alliance, published a statement calling on tech companies to come up with a solution for law enforcement to access end-to-end -end encryption. Um, we've kind of seen this pattern quite a lot recently of subtle ways of trying to attack end-to-end -end encryption. And uh, this is just, I guess, going down that same path. So Australia fell victim in late 2018 to a partial encryption busting law, and the EU and the US are still standing strong, but there is more pressure that we've been seeing as of late. So yeah, nothing really has come out of this yet. It's just something to bring to your attention. On to other news. In the US, a police surveillance center in Jackson, Mississippi is conducting a 45-day pilot program to livestream security cameras, including Amazon rings of residents who opt in. So yes, a police officer can just be at his computer and he can see the live feed of what's happening with your Amazon ring. Uh, you do have to be opt into this. I guess the main concern behind this right now is, uh, I would say is the normalcy of this kind of technology. Uh, Apple, for example, plays this really smart. Google's really dumb. Google's like, hey, here, here's Google Glass, just wear it on the streets and there's cameras all over it. And people obviously did not approve of that. And so Google Glass was not very socially acceptable. Uh, Apple played things a lot smarter though, because Apple removed all cameras from their upcoming iGlass, whatever the hell they call it. Um, so the glasses will be normalized and I guarantee you over time, they will add cameras to it once it's socially acceptable. Uh, I'm guessing this might be a similar tactic being done by the police. If it's considered more socially acceptable for the police to have direct access to your cameras in your home, then other people might start seeing it as being okay. So yeah, doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying that that's probably what's going on here and it's why you should pr be concerned even though this is opt-in. Even if it's not opt-in, if you go to someone's house who is opted in, then a police officer might be watching you go to your friend's house. So think about that too. It, just because someone else might be doing it, it could still impact you indirectly. But let's get onto positive news, which actually somewhat involves the election. So Portland in Maine, not the, not the Oregon one, um, but Portland in Maine has voted in favor to ban facial recognition. This is one of a few cities now in the United States that's gone ahead and banned it altogether, at least until there is more regulation and more backing that the technology is actually um, unbiased and it works properly and it's privacy friendly. So good job, Portland, Maine. It's nice to see that happen. California is currently the only state with some form of privacy regulation. It's called the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA, and that has now been expanded a bit with Proposition 24. This is actually a bit controversial since the EFF and a lot of other privacy organizations stand as a no on Prop 24, 
But the reason is mostly because they want something better, and they think that this is kind of a Band-Aid, half-assed solution. Uh, either way, it's nice to see someone in the United States seems to give a single shred of a damn about regulating data and privacy, and it seems like California is the person who's doing that. So it is nice to see all this. I think that we should give credit where it's due. China sure got spooky this week as they launched high-tech bird drones to watch over their citizens. They're called doves. And uh, they're pretty creepy. If you're here watching the video on YouTube, it's some spooky stuff. Uh, I would check out the source at the very least in the description to see a picture of this thing. I'm guessing you wouldn't be able to tell it's a fake bird if it's far away enough from you. So creepy stuff. And the craziest part is that this could just be made smaller and smaller. Imagine if there's like bug drones sometime in the future where you can't even see them and they can just fly into your house uh, underneath your door. <laughs> Isn't that not creepy? Uh, very spooky stuff to think about. Let's hope that I don't live long enough and you don't live long enough to ever have to deal with it. I'm just kidding. We should actually step up and do something about it while we still can. <laughs> All right, so the next uh, category is free and open source or FOSS, and this is where we cover the news of updates in the FOSS community. So the desktop environment KDE Plasma uh, just hit version 5.20, which includes better Wayland support and some polishing and refinements with some new feature improvements. If you want more information, check out the sources, and I'm sure there's a very long changelog with a lot more fine-tuned changes. Another person who hit version 5.2 was Wine, the compatibility layer to run Windows programs inside of Linux they also hit version 5.2. So yeah, there's also a lot of bug fixes and changes that you can check out on their website. Microsoft open sourced their Windows calculator app in 2019. And now that app has been ported to Linux packaged as a snap. Uh, who will do this with the iOS calculator app and port it to the iPad? Cause I'm still waiting for an iPad calculator app and a weather app. Okay, Apple, you can screw off with that because it's ridiculous. I can't believe there's no calculator app on an iPad Pro. You calling this a laptop replacement? Well, at least my laptop, you know, has a calculator. All right, another another thing. Wow, it went dark because the screen's dark. Okay, OpenBSD hit version 6.8 as part of their 25th anniversary. Good stuff. Uh, up next, the Recording Industry Association of America, also known as Satan's Devils on Earth, have decided they are tired of tools enabling people to access music and videos they shouldn't have access to. Rather than finding a real solution and an effective way of dealing with piracy, they decided to force take down several projects on GitHub, including YouTube DL, a very popular tool to download YouTube videos. People are very upset and are spreading the code even more and just bringing more attention to the entire problem. Streisand affect anybody? Uh, at least the GitHub CEO has spoken out against this. Uh, he is against it and is doing what he can to get the repo reinstated. Either way, I think most of us can agree that the higher-ups of the music industry act in the most evil ways. And let me give you guys some tips. If you want to prevent piracy, why don't you just make music and videos more accessible to the public? So that way they don't feel like they have to pirate and they actually get things for a fair price. Just a thought. There's a lot of research done behind that that shows when things are actually given conveniently enough and cheaply enough to the end user, they won't feel the need to pirate. But all right, and the misfits. You better have seen this one coming. Uh, Mr. Donald Trump felt it was necessary to tell some fun facts about hacking and info security. Uh, here's a little clip. Nobody gets hacked. 
To get hacked, you need somebody with 197 IQ, and he needs about 15% of your password, right? <laughs> the, the InfoSec community had a blast over this on Twitter. Thank you all for the memes. Uh, funny enough, after he said this, <laughs> his Twitter account got hacked by a researcher who guessed his password, obviously with a 197 IQ. Then, 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 there's another one. His campaign website got hacked as well by cryptocurrency scammers. I had no idea there were so many people with such high IQs in the world, so props to them. I will still be taking some Duolingo lessons and whatever other mobile games that are designed to boost your brain capacity. Oh gosh, those things are totally legit. I'll get there soon enough, and then once that happens, I'll be able to hack anybody. <laughs> and look at this, here, the article. Trump said nobody gets hacked, but forgot his hotel chain was hacked twice. So, I guess there was more that I forgot to bring up. So, yeah, lots of 197 IQ people out there. All right, our last article for the week, um, Adblock Nano is now malicious and should be removed. The creator of uBlock Origin discovered the developers of Nano Adblocker pushed out malicious code. Uh, this is pretty serious overall. It could have been used to steal cookies to access your accounts. Um, just a reminder that just because something is open source does not make it private and secure for you and vice versa. So yeah, that's, that's it. Avoid nano ad blocker. This headline's a little misleading. It makes it sound like every ad blocker is malicious. It's just nano. And I guess nano defender as well. And that, my friends, is it. My laptop is at 13% battery, so I have to wrap this up real quick. Uh, this video is brought to you by our Patreon community, who again, is just looking for your support. Well, we're looking for your support through our Patreon community. But seriously, there's a lot of cool perks there. Um, it only starts at $1 a month and you can actually get that cheaper if you get it for the year, I think. It's like 10% off. So it's actually less than a dollar a month if you get it for the year. And uh, it's like 12 bucks. Like, come on, just give us some support. This is all free information and we hope to keep it that way. And one of the ways that we're able to do that is because of our Patreon community. So thank you all of our patrons and I, we welcome everyone else who wants to support us. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, rate, or do whatever you want to um, with surveillance support, depending on where you're listening in from, right? It's a podcast and a video. So uh, if you're on the podcast, check out the video on YouTube, PeerTube and Library. And if you're watching the video, there is a podcast if you want to listen to this uh, while you're in the bathtub, I don't know, whatever you're doing. I don't know when people listen to podcasts, but it's there for you. And that's all I have to share with you. There's gonna be another surveying support ideally next week. I'm trying to stick to a better schedule. And yeah, see everybody next time. Thank you for listening in and stay safe out there.